How's it going, Jets fans? My name is Alex with my co-host here, Ryan Moran. Today, we're going to discuss some bold takes from PFF that believe that the trenches for the New York Jets may be a lot better than they actually are. Yes, we're optimistic. Yes, we're excited to see what they're going to put together during the 2022 season. Do I believe they're going to be a top five or top 10 in any of these ca- in these more important categories? Probably not. Um, maybe next year when a year of a year of growth and a year of development, especially getting some big time players back. Uh, but I do think there's a little bit raw and some new guys in the mix. They need to develop chemistry. Um, and I don't think that they're going to get such a hot start to the season, but I do think after a couple of weeks, they're really going to get some ground. They're going to develop nicely and make progress throughout the campaign. Um, whereas some of these projections indicate they're going to be dominant from day one, which I just, I don't necessarily think is going to happen. Uh, but Ryan, before we dive into these two bold projections from PFF, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Alex. So obviously my initial takeaway seeing this really was, you know, bodies, the exact philosophy and the primary, you know, focus of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala's backgrounds and how they've predicated building the Jets up. And, you know, that JD's background playing offensive line, the importance of the front four being able to win and dropping seven coverage, which Sala even spoke on today in his uh, post-practice press conference. You, you, you're not really too surprised. I mean, these are the two most invested positions on the Jets. You know, when you look across the roster and just to write all of some of the names, obviously the offensive line, you paid three-year contracts to Connor McGovern, Lakin Tomlinson, and George Fant. Back-to-back years, you draft Mekhi Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round. So yeah, right off the bat, I mean, you've invested a ton into the position. And obviously, I want to say PFF said they expect the Jets to be top five in offensive line it was. So I, I think right now we feel they're about a, a middle-of-the-pack unit, right around that 15 range. So the, the X factor, like we've discussed, is Becton. And if he gets back to what he did in 2020 – Look, nothing is really that crazy. I think Barrett Tucker and Tomlinson truly are a top three or four guard tandem when you look across the NFL. There's not really teams that have two really good guards like that. I mean, George Fant last year as a pass blocker was really incredible. And Connor McGovern bounced back well last year. And going into a contract year, I think you can really expect him to play his best ball yet. So, you know, nothing is ever too crazy, I guess, in the NFL. You, you come to see a lot of things that are, you know, pretty shocking. But let's hope for the best, obviously, with these accusations here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump into the first one here. Um, this is an interesting one. So I'll read you the quote and the and the take. The take is the Jets will rank top 10 in sacks on defense. Now, PFF says the Jets have attacked their biggest areas of weakness with impressive resolve this offseason, and their pass rush will get the added benefit of Carl Lawson returning from injury. Lawson was a big free agent addition a year ago, but missed all last season with a ruptured Achilles. He may not be 100% in his first year back, but he can certainly team up with John Franklin Myers and rookie Jermaine Johnson to bring some heat. Quinnen Williams didn't have a good year in his first season in Robert Sala's defense, but it's still made to, uh, to generate pressures at the middle. The pass rush will also benefit from overhauled secondary buying the unit more time to get to the quarterback so i mean uh, personally i think this entire thing that i just read to you is contradicting their point rank to rank top 10 in sacks you have to have fantastic players across the board and basically from what i've read here they say lawson may not have a great first year coming back from injury um and quinn williams didn't have a good first year in robert sala's defense and yes they overhauled their secondary but sauce gardeners a rookie guys like I'm not expecting him to be an all pro level player right off the bat. In fact, I'm, I'm expecting him to struggle at times. I'm expecting him to have rookie hiccups because cornerback is one of the most difficult positions to transition to from collegiate uh, football because the players, the receivers are better route runners. They're more athletic. They're more physical. The ball is different. 
Uh, they're way more refined in reading the movements of opposing corners. Like Sauce Gardner is going to get toasted on occasion. It's going to happen. He's going to be holding at times. He's going to hold on. He had issues at the, like this in since at Cincinnati. He would hold on to receivers and get called like that. There were worries that this will translate to the NFL, and it will take him some time to shake those off. Will that happen? Maybe. I hope it doesn't. Uh, but at the end of the day, he is a rookie, so I am expecting some hiccups, which is totally natural and something that we should expect. Um, but with that being said, I don't know how good the secondary is really going to be. Um, hopefully a lot better. I think they will be improved, but good enough to justify this defensive line getting top 10 numbers in sacks. I'm not so sure. Carl Lawson's never had more than eight eight sacks in his career. Uh, so like right off the bat, that's your main sack. That's the that's your best guy when it comes into the sack department. And he hasn't even breached uh, double digit sacks. So like you're definitely already kind of this doesn't make sense Quentin Williams is only I think career high seven sacks um and then you have of course Jermaine Johnson who's a rookie more of an edge setter in the run game as a rookie than anything he's he's a decent pass rusher he has some development to do but I don't think he's going to be you know blowing things out of the water right off the bat and then John Flinkemeyer is good player but unless he's getting 25 sacks this year I don't see how this team um is a top 10 you know sack you know and for the record I'd rather them be a top 10 in pressures than sacks. Sacks is the most dumb metric because it, 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 it you know, generalizes an entire thing. Like sacks are like the, the, the final thing, right? It's like the final takedown. But if you put enough pressures on a quarterback, if you have enough QB hits, they will make mistakes. You know what I mean? They will throw interceptions because of pressures. Um, it'll force them out of the pocket. It'll force third and long. Sacks are great, but – Quarterback hits, pressures are equally as important, in my opinion. Sacks are the most overrated metric. I don't see how this one makes sense, but I could totally see them having a lot more pressures um, and having a lot more success just generating pressure and not finishing the sack. So, uh, you know, that's kind of my take on that. What is your opinion on this interesting, bold take? For sure. It's definitely bold. I think I love your point on the importance of pressures, and that's really what the Jets spoke on when they signed Carlos and everyone's saying, how do you give him this big contract? You look at the sack numbers. But like you said, I could be very misleading. I mean, Carl Lawson was fourth in the NFL with 64 pressures in 2020. I mean, if he can give the Jets even 50, like I've said a couple of times, you know, on past episodes, I think that really goes a long way for this defense. Now, the, the point I really want to make, you know, and why, look, the Jets were 25th in sacks last year. I think they had about 30 or so on the year. You know, you lost Carl Lawson, Vinnie Curry, Bryce Huff, and Quinnen, like we spoke on, you know, I think coming off of that injury in the spring really wasn't himself. I will say, I think the front four is completely different. You know, a healthy Carl, a healthy Quinnen, having that flexibility of putting John Franklin Myers on third downs over guards as a tackle, I think is a real luxury. And having Jermaine Johnson, you have two really good backups with speed who can come in on third down and Bryce Huff. Well, I think the Jets really missed when he got hurt in the middle of last year. Like the Jets were, be, were able to get by without Lawson and Curry to start the year. But losing Huff, I think it was the Patriots game in October, that, that was a significant loss. Adding Jacob Martin, who's another great fit in the scheme, another guy, fast first step, bend, speed, built low to the ground. The the depth on the interior, I mean, look, Salmon Thomas and Sheldon Rankins are primarily pass rushers inside. They're smaller guys. And, you know, that that to me is the reason why I guess you can have some optimism with this take is – and Salah said it in his press conference yesterday. He was talking about Jonathan Marshall as well. Like, they truly just want three techs and speedy edge rushers who can attack right up the field and – Look, this group is filled with pri uh, primarily pass rushers. As we've spoken on, the main concern with this football team, you know, heading into the season really is just the run defense. So you hope that this group of pass rushers can put it together. And like you said, the rushing coverage really works hand in hand. Hopefully having DJ Reed, having Sauce, you know, 
allows this front a little bit more time to work with and they're able to, you know, convert. And look, while sacks can be misleading and pressures and hits are important, you know, the, the biggest impact will ultimately come from sacks. Yeah, so it's interesting. Definitely a bold take. I'd love to hear your perspectives below on that one. And then the next bold take is that the New York Jets will have a top five offensive line. Um, that's arguably even more optimistic. I mean, we're talking about a unit that really struggled last year, the first half of the season, picked it up toward the second half, but you made big upgrades, right? You got Mekhi Becton coming back from that knee injury, and he's looked really good the last couple of days. And you got Lakin Tomlinson, a left guard who's an absolute stud. Uh, George Fant, who's been dominating uh, this past year, so that's really good for the team. And then Connor McGovern, who's stepped up and uh, performed better, uh, you know, with just better quality and talent around him. So, and Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think could be an all-pro in this league if he ends up continuing his development at this pace. He's just tremendous. I love AVT. So, uh, great draft pick there last year. But this is their take on the Jets' offensive line being a top-five unit. They say the Jets have rebuilt their offensive line very well in recent years, finishing last season ranked 11 in PFF's offensive line rankings. For 2022, they added Lake and Tomlinson. Um, the number 11 guard in PFF's rankings last season, and we'll be hoping to get the return of a healthy Mekhi Becton. 2021 rookie AVT also flashed huge potential and should improve in his second season. The Jets should expect this group to be a top 10 offensive line, but there's a good chance it does far better in that, in that, in uh, ranks inside the top five. So, you know what? I think it's optimistic to think they'll be top five. I think top 15, top 10 is probably more realistic. But if they end up top five, man, Zach Wilson's going to have all day long in the pocket. And that's exactly what you want for your second year quarterback. Uh, that would be best case scenario, in my opinion. So while it is bold, it is one that I am very much behind because I think that the Jets would get so much value out of Zach and really see the development they need to see. And him just him being comfortable and confident in the pocket would go such a long way. Um, and just giving him that that vision and, and helping him progress without kind of having happy feet and just getting uh, rushed out of the pocket and having to do things on the move where you're more susceptible and prone to turnovers and mistakes. So what are your thoughts on the offensive line being a top five unit? How realistic do you think that really is? For sure. I, like I said, I think the guard tandem is definitely in the top three or so. It, it just comes down to Becton. And if you're getting him back to 2020, you know, there's no reason that this group can at least push the top 10. Like, I, I think right now they're probably in the 15 to 20 range on paper, just off the top of my head. And, you know, if they can push near that top 10, and obviously, like I spoke on earlier, Joe Douglas has allocated as much as possible, you, you know, with his background as an offensive lineman, he was going to do so. And, and he definitely has. I even think some of the depth, you know, on the inside, Nate Herbig was a good addition. Max Mitchell is someone whose future I'm excited about. Brought back Dan Feeney as well. So they are about eight deep. And I think the starting five, you know, they're all significant investments. They're all talented guys that fit the scheme. They all have some sort of athletic ability, which is nice. And you said it best. I mean, if they're, you know, able to break even like the top 12, let's say best case scenario, they break. It really goes a long way for Zach Wilson's development. And lastly, on the defense with the sack number, I would say breaking at least into the top 20. I mean, the Jets have lacked pass rush for so long would be a nice step. And if they could even get close to about the top 15, realistically, you know, that, that would really be ideal. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. But, you know, the development of Makai Becton is really the big thing here. I think if he performs well this year, because those tackle spots are the most impactful, um, if he performs well and he stays healthy, this team will see massive improvements on offense. And that's really what we're looking for. Uh, we need Zach Wilson to be just protected in the pocket, healthy, 
um, and building that confidence game by game. And I think that the, the Jets have enough talent and they have a good coaching staff to make it happen. So I'm excited to see what happens, you know, moving forward here as we approach the regular season. We have a preseason game next week. We'll see who gets involved. We'll see how many uh, starters get reps. I doubt it'll be very significant. Uh, but nonetheless, I do I do think this is a really great time to be a Jets fan in terms of just on the upswing. A lot of great talent, good coaching staff. This is what you guys have been waiting for for a very long time. Um, and I think that it's well-deserved at this point. So it should be fun. Uh, but guys, love to hear perspectives below on this offensive line. Do you think being a top five offensive line is possible? Where you think they may actually let, uh, end up in the rankings at the end of the season? And of course, if you think the Jets will be a top 10 in sacks as well, definitely a bold take. But um, if those two things come true, damn, that would be great. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this video. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. Enjoy the scrimmage tomorrow at MetLife. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Jets episode.